Coming up on this Valentine's Day episode of an older gay guy show. But that, that one, that night, that Valentine's Day was the hottest one I have ever had. And hello, my friends. It is Friday. Why am I back? Because podcasts and videos now come out on Fridays. At least this very first one does. <laughs> this, my friends, is my Valentine's Day show. And usually I do something live and I tape that and I use that as the episode. But I've got some stuff I'd rather present to you this year. I want to tell my own story about a particular Valentine's. Then I have a listener who sent in a story, which is just amazing. And I also have a visit from Sergeant Ron talking about Valentine's Day for him as well. So whether you have a loved one or not, especially if you don't, thank you for joining me. And please know, I love all of you, every one of you. Don't think that because you don't have a boyfriend or a husband or whatever, that you are in any way damaged or in any way less than the people that have these relationships, because you are just as valuable. This episode is titled, Valentine's Day Sucks. I am Joey Hernandez. Thank you for joining me. Let me start by telling you a story about one of the Valentine's Days that I had. But if you did not hear my previous episode titled, My Worst Date Ever, please listen to that because that is a Valentine's Day episode also that is my big <laughs> crazy story. And you need to hear that if you never had the chance to. So, the story I'm going to tell you right now is from Valentine's Day, and I believe it's 1999. I, I didn't notate that, but I'm pretty sure it was Valentine's Day 1999. And on that day, I had plans to go to a bar named Chaps, which is a local kind of leather, denim, whatever bar that had a lot of dancing and a lot of really good music. And I loved that. I went to that club for 20 years and it was in uh, two different locations that had to move. I followed it. That was my bar. And I loved box dancing. That was my thing that I liked to do. And this particular night, I was dancing, and I was drinking, and I had had a few puffs of weed, and I had taken an ecstasy, which altogether is just so much fun. <laughs> I, I should tell you drugs are bad, but oh my God, it was so much fun. Life was amazing. This night, I went out with a bunch of friends to just dance and have fun. 
Most of us were single, including myself, but on that Valentine's night, I was with my friends having probably the single best club experience time of my life. Now, I had planned to add this into the episode. Just let me talk about my box dancing for a minute. My box dancing was so important to me. It was something that I looked forward to every week. I worked out and planned for it. It was just my time to get up on a box like strippers do and dance with a spotlight on me, with the music going to the most fantastic songs from the 90s. And to be honest with you, no one has really directly ever said something to me about it when I was doing it. Like, maybe you shouldn't do that. No, nobody said it to my face. But I did hear that some people were talking about that in the crowd at times. And to be honest with you, I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> For the very first time, this was the first time in my life these dancing experiences. I dance on a box 100 times exactly. This was my expression. This was my joy. And I wasn't going to let anyone else ruin it. If you didn't like looking at me dancing on a box, don't look at me. It's a big club. Look somewhere else. Ah, it was awesome. <laughs> It really was. And as I said, I danced on a box for 100 times exactly. I danced from the time I was 42 until I was 44. During that time, I did it 100 times. When I was 44, I had always planned that I was going to stop because a 45-year-old and beyond, even though I was 44, I was holding my body really together, really well, one of the best shapes of my life. And I stopped at that 100 mark. And a couple weeks later, I was in the club. I used to go to the club Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday sometimes. And a guy came up to me and said he was the manager of this other club that was across the river. And that was a mm, kind of a strip club upstairs and then they had a dance floor downstairs and the guys that stripped there tended to be younger probably drugged twinks that would dance and they would go in between the dances or even during the dance and get down off the stage and go between the guys and the guys would touch him and ooh, you're so great. So this guy comes up to me in the club and says he's the manager of that other club and he would like me to come dance there. And for a hot minute, I really considered it. I talked to my friends about it and they're like, Joey, you don't like anyone to touch your body unless, you know, having sex. You don't like it when people paw your chest or your arms or whatever. You've never liked that. That's what's going to go on there. And plus, do you really want to be the person that is the oldest person stripping? You know, it. <laughs> I was just kind of riding a high that anyone would even think of me that way. 
And I did turn him down. I said, thank you. <laughs> I think my career of dancing is now complete, except for dancing on the dance floor like everybody else. But I loved, loved, loved box dancing. So this particular Valentine's Day, I was just having such an amazing time just dancing at the club. And I was dancing on the main dance floor. And the way the club was designed, there were two pillars that I'm assuming held something up, <laughs> like the roof. And there was a small spot that maybe was three feet wide that was in between the pillars. There was dance floor right, you know, there. You could dance around the pillars. And this particular night, after I finished doing all my dancing, I was dancing with my friends down on the dance floor. And that particular night, the way I was dressed, I was in a leather jacket. I had it open so you could see my bare torso, quite muscular at the time. And I uh, had a master's cap on, one of those black master's caps. And I had black jeans tucked into my leather boots. So I was kind of a leather guy that particular night when I was dancing. And so midnight was approaching and I was dancing with my friends. And just as midnight struck, the DJ played this song. And I stood between the pillars with my eyes closed, having all of these wonderful substances in my body. And I closed my eyes and I was just rocking and I was having just the best time. I'm going to play just a 20 second clip of that song. So I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, know that song, Unbreak My Heart. And that was playing, and I had my eyes closed, and I was rocking, dancing a little bit. But, oh, I was in my own universe, my own world, everything, everything, everything was just so fantastic. And about a third of the way through the song, I feel my jacket opened just a little bit. I still, I kept my eyes closed. I felt my jacket open a little bit and suddenly there was a head that was turned to the side that laid on my chest and the guy reached in and wrapped his arms around me within my jacket and we just rocked back and forth. And I didn't open my eyes during the song because I did not want to ruin it. <laughs> because here it is, right? The, Valentine's night, this great dancing experience with my friends, high as a kite, having the best time. And now I feel this beautiful man, well, what I assumed was a beautiful man, pressing against my chest and hugging me. And so when the song finished, I backed up a little bit and opened my eyes and uh, it was this guy, this guy, he was 
probably late 20s. He was shorter than me, which I always love. He was muscly. He was in a tank top and his muscles were kind of bulging out. And he had an angelic, an angelic face. Oh my God, I was so into this guy. (laughs) So at that point, it was after midnight, right? And I think we had a drink or something. And I said, you want to come back to my place? So sure enough, we go back to my place. I was staying in a half a room with my friends. I didn't have a lot of money at the time. I couldn't have my own place. And so I was kind of bunking in with them. And they were still at the club. And I brought this guy into my bedroom. And we undressed. And we started kissing and Oh my God, it was, it was one of the best sexual experiences that I've had. And partway through it, right, we had done oral, we had done kissing, we had done rubbing up against each other, all that stuff, but not the big F yet, right? And he said to me, do you want to see something? And I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. Yes, please. And he laid back on the bed and he flipped his legs over his head and he sucked his own dick. The dick was the kind of dick that I love. It was uncut. It was just big enough, a little bit even on the small side. Yet this guy with all his muscles and his six pack abs was able to suck himself. And I was fascinated by it. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm saying, right? And so he stops and we start kissing and hugging and he wanted lube on his butthole. And then I said, can you do that sucking again? I want I just want to see it. Right. I had no way of taking photos or anything. We didn't have like phone cameras at the time. So he did it again, flipped his head his legs over his head and he's sucking his dick. And I'm like, oh, that is just so hot. Oh my God. So then he stops, flips back and we start doing the big F. I start doing that to him. And then I said, do it again and let me fuck you while you're doing that. Because when you flip your legs over your head that much so that you can suck your dick, your butthole is kind of straight up or tilted just right or something. So he was very hesitant. And I said, oh, come on, it'll be so hot. And he's like, well, to be honest with you, my back starts to hurt when I do that too much. And my back is really hurting me right now. And I'm like, really? Really? You don't want to do that? And he's like, maybe tomorrow or another time or something. And I'm like, all right, whatever, fine. And so um, we went back to the regular stuff. So then we fall asleep and we sleep the night. And the next day we get up late and he didn't want anything to eat. He looked at his watch. Oh, I really got to go. And I'm like, okay, let me uh, walk you out to your car. He had parked his car near my apartment I was staying in. And I walked him to his car 
and we kissed, and we said goodbye, and he got in his car, drove away, and I never saw or heard from him again. But I didn't want to seem pushy with this guy that was just a scale of 1 to 10. He's like a 212. And so, I, you know, I just figured I'd wait for him to call me, which he never did. For whatever reason, we never, ever saw each other again. But I've had some shitty Valentine's days. Like in that episode, I talk about my worst date ever. I've had some romantic, wonderful Valentine's days with my husband and all. But that, that one, that night, that Valentine's Day was the hottest one I have ever had. So now we will be moving on to a story from a listener about a horrid experience on Valentine's Day. And we'll get to that right after this 30-second commercial. AdamMail.com has partnered with an older gay guy show to offer you a special deal. You can get 50% off almost any one item, and that includes free shipping. Use the discount code AOGGS, that stands for an older gay guy show, AOGGS at checkout for your savings. AdamMail.com has got you covered for all your sexual pleasure needs. So did you time me on that? I said 30-second commercial. I timed it. It came in at 27 seconds. Here now is a listener's bizarre tale of an unforgettable Valentine's Day. This email is from a gentleman named JT, and he specifically gave me permission to use his initials and this email. Dear Joey, I wanted to tell you about my worst nightmare of a Valentine's Day. This was 17 years ago. My boyfriend and I were together just a few months. We didn't live together yet, although we had started talking about it. We had a very special celebration dinner scheduled at a fancy, high-end restaurant and then would be joining friends later in the evening for drinks and fun. My partner left my apartment and went out to the liquor store to get us some champagne for us to have while we got ready for our big night. His trip to the store was taking far too long. An hour passed. I tried calling him. Most phones were not texting capable back at the time. It went straight to voicemail. I tried a half hour later. Same thing. It was now just an hour before our dinner reservation, which happened to be in my name. Another half hour passed, during which I tried calling him several times. I called the restaurant to cancel the dinner, and because it was so close to our reservation time and that they had been booked up solid for Valentine's Day, the maitre d' said a reservation charge would probably be charged to my account. Fortunately, no charge was put on my card. However, that is the least point of this story. 
I had to call my friends and cancel the after-dinner drinks. I ended up spending Valentine's night calling him, checking with area hospitals, not being able to sleep because of my worry. What happened to him? It must have been an emergency. The next day, early, about 8 o'clock a.m., my phone rings. It was him. He apologized and said that he had gotten, quote, hung up doing some personal stuff, unquote, and couldn't do the evening that we had planned. He also said he wasn't able to call me during this time. I was furious, and I could tell he had prepared himself for this. He apologized again and said he'd call back to talk to me and explain more. I simply hung up the phone. That was the day after Valentine's Day. He did not call that day or night, and I simply refused to call him. Days went by, no call. My friends told me that unless there was some kind of emergency medical problem or something, I should just dump him if he didn't have the decency to call me Valentine's night or even these days following with some sort of explanation. Well, it turned out I did not dump him. Because how do you dump someone that you don't ever hear from again? So I dumped him in my own mind and slowly pulled myself out of the deep depression that I found was coming upon me in the weeks following all of this. Several months later, I heard through a couple of different sources that he had in fact picked up the cashier at the liquor store and they had spent a night of liquor and drug-fueled sex and he had stayed at this guy's apartment. This was further made clear when I saw him and his new boyfriend out at a club one night. I recognized the guy he was with as one of the guys that has rung up my order at a liquor store that was quite a distance away. We only stopped there once in a great, great while. There were many liquor stores near where I live. So why didn't he go to one of those and shop there? Maybe he had been cruising or picking up this guy at other times and I never knew about it. So that was my Valentine's Day 17 years ago. I heard he moved away a couple of years later. I didn't really even give a shit. Valentine's Day has never been the same. Signed, JT, a longtime listener of your show. Wow, dude. I thought I dated some dicks. Honestly, wow. I'm so sorry that you had an experience like that. I wonder if that will ruin Valentine's Day for you always. I hope that that doesn't. I, I hope you can work through it and then find some joy and good experiences so that this day will not always bring you negativity. But as we don't walk in your shoes, it's easy to say move on. But you have to take care of yourself. Give yourself some love and peace with it. 
pamper yourself on this day. I'm, I'm truly so sorry that you went through that experience, and I'm sure that you were tremendously worried. And he sucks for not at least letting you know that he was okay. Folks, I have a nice audio clip from Sergeant Ron that he was kind enough to send to me when I requested something for my Valentine's Day episode. Ronnie is always a great storyteller. So here, my friends, unedited audio where Sergeant Ron tells us two Valentine's stories. Well, Joey, for Valentine's, uh, two things come to mind. Uh, The first one actually happened during a desert storm while I was over in Saudi Arabia. Uh, One time, uh, a group of us uh, Air Force guys, it was about 40 of us or so, were uh, told that the uh, General Hornet, who was the highest-ranking Air Force uh, person there wanted to speak to us, so they put us in a room, and we had to come in to get information, you know, and stand in line and all that, and and when he walked in, we all came to attention, and then he called us at ease, and then um, I might say something about General Horney. He was one of the funniest guys I ever met in the Air Force, but he had a very crude sense of humor, and uh, about every fourth word was like a four-letter word or something like that. So he was a bit of a surprise to be way up there and still have a potty mouth anyway. Uh, he started to go to each person. And, of course, when a general walks up to you, you automatically come to attention. And then he handed you a card. And it was about a five-by-seven card. And then he would shake your hand and wish you, uh, you know, happy Valentine's Day. And sometimes, you know, just to be funny, every so often you'd hug a guy here and there, you know, just to be funny and everything got you completely off guard. So what happened was uh, when he, when I got my card and I had a chance to look at it, what it was, it was a five by seven. It was... um, a painting of the water tanks. Oh, I'm sorry, the water towers in Kuwait. Now, you have to understand something. In that part of the world, water is a very precious commodity. And, of course, a lot of countries, Saudi Arabia, um, Kuwait, uh, Iraq, Iran, all those uh, countries were always very, very proud of their water towers and everything. I guess it was a sign of wealth and prosperity and all that. So it was this painting of the water towers in Kuwait, and it said across it, um, be our Valentine from the people of Kuwait and uh, that type of thing. And uh, so technically I got an official Valentine's from the government of Kuwait in exile. So That's the first thing that came to mind. The second thing that came to mind is while I was still working at the penitentiary of New Mexico, I was, I think, about in my 10th year or so, 
And see, by then, the uh, overtime had gotten ridiculous and everything. And I was working an average of 16 hours a day. And in this case, I worked uh, like uh, six days in a row, 16 hours. So normally, as soon as you got off work, you headed home, you went to sleep. And then when you woke up, it was time to get dressed again and get in your uniform and go back to work and everything. So generally back in those days, I could really go to sleep, you might say. And uh, on Valentine's Day, uh, there was some banging on my door. And um, my first thought is it must have been my landlady because she knew that I slept during the daytime and everything. And she knew enough to wake me up before going in there. She needed to go into the apartment for whatever reason, not just walk in and everything. So I somehow, I, you know, with half-closed eyes, I managed to make it to the front door. And when I opened it, uh, there was my lover at the time, uh, somebody I'd only been with for a few months and everything. And he was standing there with a, a vase full of roses and... Uh, balloons and by the way I had never gotten balloons as a present before you know these were helium uh, filled of course and of course he wished me a uh, happy Valentine's Day and then he mentioned the fact that I was still in my boxer shorts and he said I think the outside world has seen enough of it and I want to see more or something like that so he managed to push me inside and everything and then when he handed me the vase well of course it had the balloons tied to it and I was a little unsteady so all of a sudden it started going up and as it went up I saw the bottom of the vase there and I said oh my god it's water for hand cut crystal and everything and this made him very very happy because he was a um antique dealer and he'd been teaching me a lot about antiques and he, uh, especially about water for crystal and how to recognize you know the real the real thing from an, an imitation and all that so he was extremely pleased i recognized that but uh I will always remember getting that. I still have it, by the way, that uh, hand-cut crystal uh, a vase from him. But those are the only two things that come to mind right now. As always, Ronnie, thank you so, so much for uh, sending me that story so very quickly. I appreciate it. So, my friends, I guess we can see that Valentine's Day, for some, is a wonderful, spectacular holiday, and sometimes for others, especially those that have been single for a long time, just come to really resent the day at times. I know when I was uh, single for so many years and I was looking for a boyfriend, it used to piss me off to no end that I would go into like a CVS and they would start having the Valentine's Day cards out like Thanksgiving time. And it just was too much. And everybody was in love and everybody had flowers and everybody had chocolates and everybody was going out to a nice dinner and I was fucking sitting home alone. But I'm not bitter. <laughs> so here's the thing, my listeners. Years ago... I decided that Valentine's Day was going to be a day 
that I love myself, that I treat myself to good things. I went to a spa a few times. I went out to Palm Springs for it one time. I uh, just traveled around and did different things, different exciting things that I as a single person was going to enjoy. I wanted to make what I considered a painful day into a joyous one that wasn't dependent on being in love with someone else. That is what all my years of being alone taught me. I decided that no one was going to ever be given the power to negatively impact my life. I chose to be by myself. And I learned to love my own company and, well, that of my animals as well. And then years later, when Paco came along, I fell in love with his heart. And I was able to do that specifically because I would always retain the power to have joy in my life regardless of whatever was going on with any boyfriend or husband, I would still retain that control. I would not give the power to make me feel depressed or anxious or fearful to anyone ever again. Well, my friends, I got to get this going. I got to get this processed and out. It's Friday night. Oh my God. And then I got to go right into editing a video I filmed to get that out, hopefully late tonight. So I will be back. Guess what? I will be back next Friday with another episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and checking out the YouTube channel and older gay guy show. Love to all of you. Have the best Valentine's Day that you can. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.